Hello, this is Ruin Willow, and you are listening to the Oh, Fuck Yeah with Ruin Willow podcast. I'm excited you're here today. I have an amazing guest who is a sex and relationship coach. So yeah, she studies all this. and She has a lot of amazing, helpful things to say to improve your sex life. So very important. On my podcast, I talk about all things related to sex and sexuality, sexual wellness, sexual health, and erotica. Why erotica? Because it is a part of your fantasy life, and it helps you explore your sexuality. It helps you enjoy it, maybe in ways that you wouldn't otherwise be able to, and delve into your fantasies. And just, you know, use it as foreplay. Hey, there's so much fun you could do with it. And enjoy. So if you're under 18, baby, it is time for you to leave the podcast now because this is for adults only and topics are all focused on sex. I have a few announcements. I have two new audiobooks out right now. My new audiobooks that are out, both not safe for work. Daddy never had to use his belt on me before. This is a, a BDSM impact play spanking story. So it's pretty hardcore. It is definitely BDSM. It is Daddy Dom and Sub, and it's a punishment erotic story, not a punishment. It is written by Benson E. Wolf and narrated by me. And yes, I got to play the Spanky and the Spanker. That is available on Amazon. And then the other one that I have out now is the Lesbian Collection, Six Stories of Girl-on-Girl Shrinking and Growing Stories by Amber Collins. Amber Collins is the mistress of macrophilia and microphilia. And what does that mean exactly? It is just as I just said. It is growing and shrinking erotic fetishes. It's very interesting. It's sort of like sci-fi erotica. And these are stories that are all about women on women and also available on Amazon. Amber has a very extensive catalog of many, many, many stories. So check both those out if you're into those types of things. And on to more info about my guest. She's amazing. That's all I have to say. And you're going to find out why. And I'm going to read her a little blurb. She's on Instagram as the underscore Rachel underscore main. And she is a sex and relationship coach, a sex therapist. She is here for those wanting more connection, adventure, and pleasure in their intimate lives. She also runs a podcast herself. I love talking to other podcasters. It's so much fun. And her podcast is Owning Your Sexual Self. So you should check out her podcast. And she has other things. She sells sexual health products. She has something for creating your sex timeline, Sexual Confidence Academy, How to Flick the Bean and the Peen, Hmm. (laughs) Create the Sex Life You Both Crave Masterclass, and Relationship Regroup, Women's Circles, and many more things. So you should check her out. She's absolutely amazing. I really enjoyed talking with her and it was really, really informative. And to help you learn more about your own sexuality and pleasure, you should listen to our wonderful, amazing, informative, fun, sexy chat. Okay, let's do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, let's go.
I am so excited to talk to this guest, everyone. You are just going to love her. She's got so many great things to say. She's amazing. Really excited. Okay. Her name is Rachel Main, and she is a sex therapist turned sex coach. Her journey started over nine years ago after a breakup that forced her to start choosing herself. This journey led her to start a business involving sexual education, which led to going back to school for a certificate in sex therapy and sexuality education. Shortly after, she started her podcast, Owning Your Sexual Self, and now she runs a six-figure business with Pure Romance and is the CEO of her online sex coaching business. In a nutshell, she helps women and couples discover their sexual desires and create intimate, adventurous connections with their partners. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I always enjoy to hear your own bio that you <laughs> sent to me. <laughs> just, yeah, it still hits me every time, just how, how this journey got started and just I'm so grateful and lit up every single day with the work that I get to do with people. So yeah, thank you for having me and allowing me this space to, to talk about women's sexuality and, and pleasure and all the fun things that we're going to dive into today. <laughs> I love that because I do feel like traditionally in our country, that has been an area that has been ignored just not even talked about. And some of the words of the female anatomy aren't even used in our sex education, like the word clitoris. So I just, it's very, very disturbing to me. And I'm so glad you do the work you do. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And you'll, I mean, hopefully you're, sounds like you're good with me using correct anatomical terms in this. Uh I think it's so. You can uh, swear all you want to. I'm good with that. So tell me, I know you mentioned a little bit in your bio, what got you started down this road, but do you have anything to add that sheds light onto it or just gives people more information? Yeah, definitely. So as I stated, you know, about nine years ago, now gosh, going on 10 years ago, I was in really blindsided by this breakup with, with an ex and, you know, deep down knew that there, I wasn't secure in that relationship and the amount of or the lack there of self-esteem, self-confidence, ownership of my own sexuality and pleasure at that time, I, I knew deep down that this wasn't the forever relationship yet coming from somebody that had always been in long-term relationships, always monogamous relationships, had never been broken up with before ever in my life, had never really ever mm. had time to be single even. This was, this was quite a whirlwind for me. But you know, now looking back at this, It was such a divine time in my life. It was the time that I was able to really look within. I was able to spend time with girlfriends. You know, I went on a girl's cruise with, with just, just friends and it was an amazing time. And I started getting back in the gym. I started doing things like Zumba classes and, you know, ended up hosting a pure romance party during this time, which is really where then the sexuality piece of this came in for me. And it was just, again, it, it was a time that forced me to look within and start to explore my own self-pleasure because then, you know, I wasn't getting it from anywhere from anyone else at that time. Mm-hmm. And so along this, along this journey, so, you know, ho- hosting that pure romance party, then friends hosted parties. So I'm going to all these sex toy parties, you know, in a street <laughs> events here I am this single girl and, you know, it's a lot of fun. And so I ended up actually joining, joining the company going on nine years now. And I never imagined, you know, what this would turn into. It really was a time for me to join something fun, something new. I had just started a new relationship at the time, which I felt was, again, also divine timing and doing this work on yourself and working to attract the person that I deserve to have in my life and the partner that I deserve to have. 
was all beautiful. And then being able to show up as this new individual in this new relationship. I mean, I could go on for hours about that, but (laughs) yeah. So I started doing pure romance parties for women. And if you ever attended a party, you know, that after the party is finished, you come and you do private ordering. And so women were coming in here and asking me questions about, like we just said about anatomical terms and not knowing that that's where their clitoris was, or not knowing that the only purpose of a clitoris was for pleasure, not understanding the importance of masturbation or self-pleasure or how to communicate with a partner. So that's what led me to go back to school and seek out that certificate in sex therapy and sexuality education. At the end of that program, that was a year and a half program at University of Michigan. I remember just sitting there on our last day of class and just thinking, holy shit, like there is so much more that I have to learn. This world of sex, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't just end. It doesn't, it's not just penis and vagina shit, you guys. Like it is so much more (laughs) than that. And yeah, so I, um, I start working in private practice for three years. I'm seeing people as a sex therapist. So working on issues of anorgasmia and desire discrepancy, erectile dysfunction, you know, all these things. And then COVID hits, we have to turn to online business. So good old world of teletherapy. But what that that (laughs) led me to is realizing that I can, I can help so many more people. I, you know, as a person. I do so much one-on-one and yeah, that's what led me now to where I'm at now. I, I sought out an online business coach for sex coaching, transitioned from therapy to coaching. And now I run, I'm still with Pure Romance, you know, running, running that over there. I have my podcast. I have my online coaching programs, do one-on-one coaching with people for, for sex, co- sex and relationship coaching. So again, when I think about that journey and that intro, and that's just such a small piece of really where this all has evolved from. So that is an amazing story. And what a journey. I mean, it sounds like you were empowered, you were enlightened and boom, you just like blossomed into all this amazing stuff that continues to grow. What a wonderful thing. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) If I been learning more recently into, you know, masculine and feminine energies and mm-hmm. for longest time, I mean, I still am I'm somebody that has very strong masculine energy. And I, I believe that it's sparked from many things, but again, this, this relationship, this time to have to step up for myself for the first time really in my life and not be supported by anybody else had me in that place of masculinity. Right. And mm. so it's been interesting lately in these past six months or so exploring more of the feminine side and exploring more of the just being and and not the doing all the time. And so that's yeah. been, you know, an interesting transition to see that then flowing through the business and now helping other people make those same transitions and get to this healthy balance of masculine and feminine. It's been, uh, yeah, it's been quite the, quite the ride, quite the challenge. <laughs> That's amazing. And for people that don't really understand those terms, what is the masculine and the feminine energy? Like, how would you have, do you have definitions for those? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, you know, some pretty intense definitions, but really I'll give you kind of a short version. So every person, we all have both masculine and feminine energy and those energies show up at different points of our life. And usually we, we take on one of them. We adapt one of them to be more of our primary. And so really the masculine is, is the doing it's the person that is the on the go all the time, the go-getter, the having to get stuff done and the feminine version is the just being. So the person that's just taking time for more mindfulness, maybe incorporating mm. more meditation, right? You're still like doing these things, but you're really just being a person, not actively working on the things. And so I think from a business perspective, that's the best way for me to describe it, kind of how that flow would look like. 
That makes sense. That's very interesting because I don't think I've ever asked anybody that question before. And it's a very interesting thing. And you don't necessarily think of it as male, female. It's more, it's not that. It's masculine, feminine. And that's a very interesting way to look at it because I had never, those are two different, total different things. We're not talking about what your anatomy is. We're not Mm -hmm. talking about what parts you have. They're just a way of being or living or conducting your life, in Mm -hmm. other words. Absolutely. And I, I would get offended. I felt like in at some point in my life when people would be like, Oh, you're so, you're so bold. Like you're so bitchy, you know, you're, you're always bossy, right. all these things, which are, are masculine terms for, you know, a woman to hear. But when mm. I was able to look back and see like, those are, those are me, those are the things that make me up. Like that is how I have became the person that I am is because of that drive. And, you know, then to flow into, like I said, more of the feminine, just the beam, it's really hard for somebody that is always do, do, doing and actively working, you know, towards something to just turn, turn that off for a little bit. And, you know, for men that I've worked with that have a lot of feminine energy that's coming through again, they, they have sometimes taken offense to that. And because it, mm. it does, you know, people do tie those gender terms to it, but yep. again, it's not, it's not that at all. And we all deserve to have that nice balance of the two. Yeah, I totally. And I'm not very good with the feminine either. Like I'm not good about taking time for myself. Mm -hmm. It's almost like I have to force myself because I'm always like, oh, but I should be doing this or I could be doing that or I should do this or that's almost due or, you know, I, you know, just go like take a bath or something, you know, like like force yourself to be like, okay, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go take a glass of wine and get a bath bomb and I'm going to sit in the tub. It's almost like I have to force myself. You know what I mean? But we all need to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And especially when it comes to your pleasure, you know, it is so important that you're taking that time for yourself and that you are embracing the feminine side and and just being and just spending that time with yourself, giving yourself pleasure, accepting that pleasure. And that flows through to your relationships and with your partners when they get to come into the mix and experience those things with you. I would love to dive right into talking about pleasure and sex toys. I'm a huge proponent of sex toys too. What do you say to people about sex toys? And I know some people, especially women, are a little bit actually scared of them and worry, you know, just all kinds of fears around them. And also, I would love it if you addressed how some partners feel like a sex toy threatens them or replaces them in some way. Yeah, absolutely. All, all common concerns that I've heard from people. And, you know, when it comes down to it, you can change your lens of how you're thinking through using sex toys and really see it more as the toy is your teammate. It's an added, you know, partner, an added tool into the bedroom. It's not to replace a partner. And I hear this oftentimes when I'm doing parties, right? I'm, I'm talking about sex toys and demonstrating them to women. And I hear women say, you know, who needs a man, right? And, you know, you'll have some giggles around that, but I'm very mm. quick to say, no, 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 right? This is <laughs> this is why your partners are on the defense about sex toys, right? When we when mm-hmm. they hear phrases like that. But it is, again, it is coming down to the fact that toys are your teammates. Toys are there to enhance the pleasure. If you think about going to get ice cream, right, you're not just going to get a vanilla ice cream cone every single time. Sometimes you're going to want sprinkles. Sometimes you're going to want a banana split. Sometimes you're going to want a blizzard, right? Sometimes you're going to want chocolate ice cream. So we get bored of the same things. And so to increase your adventure, increase your connection, sex toys can be a great, great tool to doing that. Um, And, you know, to be able to bring a sex toy into the bedroom, if you can 
explain to your partner why it is that you've chose to one chose that toy, but also share with them why you want to experience that toy with them. Not just that it's a you thing and it's for, you know, your pleasure. Yes, those things are true, but just like when we're sharing any sort of fantasy with a partner, including why it is that you want to share that with them specifically so that they do feel included in that pleasure. We'll be back after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by the Spring Cleaning Champions, Manscaped. This season, make sure the man in your life grooms his carpets and his drapes with the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Have him clear out that winter bush with Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 and watch his confidence bloom like the springtime flowers. Embrace the season and have him join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our special offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, for the 20% off and free shipping. Have you ever been doing some oral pleasure and got some hairs in your mouth or your teeth? Well, (laughs) Manscaped can help with that. Try being clean shaven for spring cleaning. After he uses Manscaped, you can say, "Hmm, let's get some busy with some spring fever in the bedroom. Try out Lawn Mower 5.0 Ultra. It is an amazing trimmer that features two interchangeable heads, one for taking a little off the top and the new foil blade to go smooth. If you want to go smooth for spring cleaning, make sure you try out Manscaped products. Bring on those smooth skin sexy slaps in the bedroom. And how do you do that? Use Manscaped products to shave clean down in your pubic area. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, all caps at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code RUIN at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in his pants, right? In your pants if you're a man. (laughs) Spring clean your groin area. Try smooth. Try it with Manscaped. Right. And I always like to to think about the fact that, you know, we like to give each other pleasure. So, you know, if you can get your partner on board, they can be a part of giving you that pleasure with that toy. So it's not like they're left out. I mean, not that you can't use the toy on your own, obviously you can, but what a great thing to be able to say, you know, hand it to a partner and be like, use this on me. I like this. I want this. And then they get the pleasure of giving you pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And cause you're right. That is such a huge turn on for people to be able to give their partner pleasure, right? That, that is foreplay essentially. And, you know, for people that are using toys solo, so important, really in my coaching, I, I first help people with that mind to body exchange when it comes to their sexuality. So actually starting off by not using a sex toy, but mm-hmm. when it comes to the time that you want to bring a sex toy into the, into the play, you know, our bodies are automatically trained and wired to think pleasure when we feel vibration. So right away there, you're already, you're already in a win, right? But for so many women, it's, it's hard for us or they struggle to feel and find out what it is that feels good to them. So using a sex toy, using something like a, you know, a clitoral wand or a vibrator or something like that, that you're just doing external stimulation on yourself. You're doing that exploration with the entire vulva, right? Not just going to the the vaginal opening, not just going to the 
clitoris. Maybe mm-hmm. you're giving vibration to your, to your breasts or nipple stimulation or your legs, your arms, right? You're giving that all over body experience. And we need that for ourselves. Like we, we are born sexual beings. We have to take responsibility for our own pleasure. Our partners are not mind readers out there. And so, no. you know, if you, if you've ever been asked in the bedroom, what do you want, right? Like, what do you want me to do to you? What do you want today? And you're that person that is the constant. I don't know. I don't know. can create a lot of frustration. So that's where your own self-pleasure comes into play. So the next time your partner asks you that you're like, I want this here, this pressure, this speed, this touch, right? Like, you know, exactly what it is that you're feeling in that moment. Right. And I know a lot of people have a lot of trouble breaking through to being able to communicate that and not feel shame and feel like, I deserve this. I deserve saying what I need and want and what will get me off. It can be hard to say these things for many people. It really can. And one of the exercises that I take through people through with when I'm doing coaching one-on-one is something that I created called their sex timeline. And someone listening to this could very easily do a shorter version of it, but really getting clear and giving thought to how sex was introduced to you very early on in life. You know, Mm. how, what did your parents tell you about sex? When, when sex scenes came on TV, did you have to go in the other room where they make you close your eyes or cover your ears, right? Did they tell you that sex was bad or sex was only for procreation or sex only after marriage? right? What messages were sent to you growing up and then same thing Mm -hmm. around your own self-pleasure. And when you can look at this, and this is really a guide that I take people through, but when you can look back and see like, oh my gosh, yeah, like this is how my mom interacted. This is how I learned about sex. This is what my first sexual experience was like. So, you know, you can put these pieces of your own puzzle together and realize what has shaped you to being the sexual person that you are today and where some of those beliefs came from. And a lot of times they're not beliefs that you actually have. They're beliefs that other people have put on you that you've just adapted over time. Yeah. And can be limiting you. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. And it can be hard to break through that stuff. You know, it's just that, that whole shame piece. You know, a lot of people have a lot of shame, you know, like you said, you have, you know, close your eyes, leave the room. Don't touch yourself. Don't do that. Don't do this. And it's, it's really sad because like you said, we are sexual beings. Yeah. Even if you don't feel like doing that particular act at that time or a certain time in your life, we still are sexual beings. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and there's no, there's no really shame. <laughs> That no, is how most of us are here on this world. Right? <laughs> so. Exactly. Even though it's taboo to talk about, that's why we're here. That's how we got here. <laughs> Please talk about it more. Please hope we get to a place one day in the world where talking about sex is as general as talking about the weather, you know? Yeah. And I feel like other countries might do a little bit better than in the U.S. We're kind of prudish and it's taboo still here. And I, I feel like when I talk with some people from Europe, they're, they're quite a bit more relaxed, yeah. Um, at least in parts of Europe anyway. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Need to follow that. And in an area of Africa, I just interviewed a man of that, and he just had amazing things to say about how they view sex and pleasing women. And it's, it's amazing how it's different and around different parts around the world, how different it is. It's mm-hmm. kind of mind blowing. Yeah, it truly is. And then, you know, the other side of the spectrum, when you think of cultures like in India, right, they they can't even have lingerie there. They, I can't even ship right. there or, or sex toys or certain products. And, you know, it's, it's fascinating people that want those things in their life. They essentially have to smuggle it in, which is yeah. 
it's just wild, wild to me how, how different it is across the board. And I think they even have blocks on certain websites, don't they over there? Like they get, a, they flat out block the entire country. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Talk about control. Yeah, I know. You're talking about it right now in the US. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was trying to like get scary here. Like, hmm, maybe we need to move. <laughs> so tell me your your either your favorite sex toy or one that you like to tell people about. Do you have a particular one? Oh God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. My, no, I'm biased again. Cause I work for pure romance, but I have, you know, used others toys outside of pure romance and, and still I go back to this one. And mm. uh, so in, in our line, it is called opening act and it is, it is a purple toy. It is a clitoral wand. It literally looks like sperm. It is in the shape of sperm. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's wonderful. It fits so perfectly in your hand. So it has a nice little handle for you. So if you're doing it for your own self-pleasure, it's easy to maneuver. You can Mm. use it internally for vaginal stimulation. You can insert it just a bit more and sit up and it would hit the G-spot area. Most people use it as a clitoral wand though. And it's great for foreplay. It is our favorite tool as a couple when we're exploring with foreplay, or if we're having non-penetrative sex that day and just want, you know, orgasms, for instance, that is, that is definitely our go-to. It's so good. It's good for doggy style. It's good for any sex position that you're not getting clitoral stimulation in yeah. uh, 80, 85% of women need clitoral stimulation to have an orgasm. Yep. So if you're in these positions and you're wondering why you're not having orgasms during sex are is your clit getting any sort of love at all? It's like <laughs> not a lot in some situations. So that's where again, toys come in your teammate for that part. I love those toys that are dual like that and you can use them multiple ways. That's just perfect. I'll have to check that one out. Mm-hmm. But isn't that so true? And like, there's so many people out there that still don't really understand that they think that it, it, penis and vagina means that the woman should orgasm. And I think it's just mind blowing the resistance out there that people just don't either, they don't want to accept that or they find it almost like some men, I even feel like penis owners feel like it's, they almost take offense to it. Like their ego is impacted. And and that's, (laughs) you know, how do you deal with that? Hugely, hugely impacted. And again, that's, that's them doing their own work, right. And figuring out Mm. where they're around sex or what they've learned about sex and where that comes from. But absolutely, you know, with, with men, they are very goal oriented and trying to get from A to B as quickly as possible, trying to get the woman to orgasm as quickly as possible. If it is a, you know, male, female relationship, but same, same offense happens, you know, when a woman has to use a lubricant or decides that she wants to use a lubricant in the bedroom, those questions or fears of, oh my gosh, she's not attracted to me anymore. She's not turned on by me anymore. What's wrong with her? You know, when in reality, lubrication should be used pretty much in every sexual experience at all times for protection against vaginal tears. So yeah, again, it comes down to couples having these conversations and and doing their own work of, again, figuring out where these beliefs have have come from and asking themselves, is is this ultimately true? Is it ultimately true that she is not turned on if she's not lubricated? No, we know that is very not true because you know, we have that phase before our period known as the luteal <laughs> phase when we want to burn the shit to the ground. We're moody as fuck and our vaginal lubrication <laughs> is essentially gone. So it's right. some aspect is out of our control. <laughs> it's biological. It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not emotional or mental or anything like that. It's, it's theological, biological. You can't, you can't change that. <laughs> Absolutely. Like saying, you know, you shouldn't be diabetic or, you know, just <laughs> something that I mean, like you can't. <laughs> You can't control that. Oh gosh, there's so much education that needs to be done. And it's hard when people are resistant 
to said education. That's a part I find frustrating when you might sit there and you know say things or you hear people talk about things and then people are still resistant. You know, it's just it's a battle. Yes. The the comments, my partner doesn't need need those things. My partner doesn't need toys. Just, oh my God, it's cringeworthy. It just oh, it gives me such the ick. I'm like, oh my gosh, you poor, poor man. You got, you have so much to learn. You have so much growing up to do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh gosh, there's just so much. Yeah. So what do you talk about with people talking about desire Talk about with people who are maybe struggling with desire and what can they do and what do they need to look at in order to maybe try and correct that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Desire is the number one thing that people come to me for in particularly women and usually it's low desire. And so I think with where I start with desire is really just some education around desire to start off. So really normalizing what it is that they're experiencing. And so with desire, you have two different types. You have your responsive desire and you have your spontaneous desire. 80% of women are going to fall into the responsive desire where 80% of men fall into the spontaneous desire. So if you think of spontaneous desire, right, it's just like you're walking through life and all of a sudden you get shot with this lightning bolt of horniness. And a lot of times, like we joke about men, right? The wind blows, all of a sudden they're turned on. And for (laughs) many men, that, that is true, that they're constantly in that turn on phase or can become turned on within a second. Whereas when you think about the responsive desire or reactive desire, that is that person reacting to a a stimulus of some sort. So either a touch or a look or a message, a, a chat, something like that. And they're responding in an arousal type of way. And so for so many women, it's just having that understanding that, oh, okay, this like one, I'm normal. I fall into, you know, the quote unquote <laughs> normal range. This is a thing. This is not, this is not necessarily an issue. And from there, we get to work with them and figuring out what are their turn-ons, their turn-offs, right? Their exciters and their blockers and figuring out and creating their sexy context. When is the time going to be right for them? What things need to be happening around them? Things need not to be happening around them. And then working to have that sexual communication with a partner to communicate to their partners when kind of noticing when the time is going to be right, right? Helping them essentially read the room before initiation is going to occur. Right. And so if if you have two people that are both responsive Mm -hmm. category, then you really have to set the situation up versus more if you have two opposites together. Yeah, absolutely. And this is where I bring in, you know, work around erotic blueprints for people. This is another great tool to help with desire and Mm. figuring out what your erotic blueprint is. So for somebody that is a sensual blueprint and so they're somebody that wants to experience the senses, they're wanting slow, softer touch. And so when you're looking at this reactive desire, when those sort of touches are coming into play from their partner, that's what's going to be their turn on versus if their partner has been maybe more of like a, a sexual type of blueprint and they're trying the, you know, pushing up against the wall to initiate, or, you know, they're making comments when they're undressing and and that's really not a good, you know, turn on for them, you know, these things. So yeah, I love the blueprints as a tool for people as well to really understand, you know, it's, it's really, what is your sexual language? Right. Kind of like the the long talked about love language. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the sexy love languages. (laughs) (laughs) Just on a different level, more intimate level. Yes. Yes. So interesting. What are the erotic or what are the, the, all the levels of that blueprint? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So glad you asked for anybody that is interested in this, you can go to um, eroticbreakthrough.com and it is by Jaya and her partner, Ian. If you watched the show recently on Netflix, Sex, Love, and Goop, they were on this show doing erotic blueprint work with some of the individuals. And so the five blueprint types are you have your, your sexuals and your sexuals are really your stereotypical person that you see, you know, in, in media that is always wanting sex, right? Sex is like a drink of water to them. They're constantly Mm. turned on. Sex is just, it is literally like breathing for them. And so they're usually the ones that are more risky with initiation and things like that. And then you go into your sensual. The other one I just mentioned, your sensual is somebody that wants to experience sex through all the senses. So bringing in taste, touch, smell, sound, and sight, and really maximizing on that slowness and that stillness and softness of the pleasure. So they really like the more longer, uh, longer, deeper connections in sexual experiences. When you then move into the next blueprint, which will be the energetic that's very similar to sensuals in, in terms of being slow and still, but the energetics, they really enjoy playing with space. So if you think of, you know, sex for them starts when there's a look across the room, or maybe they received a sex message from their partner. Maybe they're incorporating some BDSM into this to where, again, that no touching is happening. It's all about that spaciousness and that energy exchange. And so breath work is really good for energetics in sexuality. And then you have the, there's five total, then you have the kinky. So your kinky blueprint, right? Kinky is, is very, it's very fickle for people because so many people think of kinky as ropes and chains and whips and all that, you know, <laughs> beating them, dom sub stuff. And while yes, it can be that there's such a wide spectrum of what kinky can be. So, you know, for people that end up getting a kinky blueprint, these are the people, you know, they could see, you know, oral sex as being a kink for them. So really helping them understand what it is that is kinky to them and the things that they're wanting to explore either by themselves or with a partner. And uh, then your fifth one is the shapeshifter and shapeshifter, pretty self-explanatory. They are a mixture of all of those blueprints. Shapeshifters, while have many superpowers, they, they have the superpowers and the shadow sides to all of the other four blueprints. And it can be quite frustrating at times because they feel as if they're constantly flowing through blueprint to blueprint, which can be frustrating being on the other end of that, you know, constantly having to relearn what it is that your partner wants on that day or in that sexual experience, even. So, yeah, those are your five blueprints in a nutshell. <laughs> Very interesting. And how would one find out which one they fall in? Yeah. So if you go to that blue blueprint breakthrough, no, eroticbreakthrough.com, my, my apologies, I'll send the website so we can link it in the show notes. You can take a free version of this quiz or they do have a paid version. I highly recommend the paid version. It's $17. It's very extensive, more extensive in the questions, but the, the PDF that they send you afterwards is I mean, just incredible. This this 20 plus page breakthrough that you get or breakdown rather that you get of your blueprint. So it's highlighting what your superpowers are. It shows you your percentage of all of the five types. And so you get to see your primary and your secondary and maybe what one is last on your list. And yeah, it's, it's really, really wonderful. It gives you a ton of home play exercises to work through. It also, if your partner is doing this with you, let's say if you're essential and they're sexual, it gives you tips on how the two of you can start your communication to have better, better sex and intimacy and adventure. Wow. That sounds absolutely fascinating. It is. It is wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) What an amazing thing they've created and worked out. And wow, that's just 
I'm gonna have to check that out. And I hope I hope the listeners do too. That sounds so intriguing. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have tips for couples? I mean, I know we just talked about all that stuff, but are there like any concrete things you say to them if they are finding they don't match up? Do you do you, do you usually funnel them to do these kinds of things or do you have specific things you say or do you kind of say, you know, probably need to do some one-on-one coaching or is it just totally situation dependent? Yeah, it definitely depends where that person or that couple is wanting to go. I think the biggest thing that comes up for people when they're doing the erotic blueprint quizzes is that if they don't get the same match as their partner and they immediately go into scared mode, like, oh my gosh, are we compatible? Right. And there's, there's really no such thing as sexually incompatible, as long as you're having an open mind and you're wanting to learn more about your own pleasure as well as your partners. And so from there, I think I mean, I definitely think coaching is a great tool. Again, the blueprints is something that I bring through in my coaching quite often. And also I have another resource that I can point people to available on my website called the Relationship Regroup. And this is for free for them to be able to download. And Mm. this is really a weekly check-in that that couples can do together. But you're talking through things like, how how are you? Like, how are you really? You're opening up the space to have intimate conversations with each other. So you're talking about things like your sex life. You're talking about things, you know, there's pieces on there for you to talk about finances and and schedule money dates with each other, social gatherings. What obligations are you responsible for that week? Where can you step in and help each other? And this kind of ties in with the desire piece. If there's one person in the relationship that feels like they're taking on all of the, the, the work of things, right? They're running the household. Maybe they're also working. Maybe they're managing children as well. And so they're feeling like they're constantly having to do the things in this regroup, when couples are coming together, this is a space for them to be able to ask for help, ask for guidance, ask for support, or be able to offer support and guidance and help take things off of each other's plates. Because when it comes down to the time that you're seeing, okay, Wednesday, Wednesday nights is our free night. Wednesday nights is the sex night. Then this document also gives you all of these ideas that you can do together sexually for your sex exploration. So creating fun date nights in date nights out. It's yeah, it's truly a great, I think, resource for people to be able to have better communication around sex and also get new ideas about where they want to take their sex life. That sounds fabulous. So a great resource. And you said people can just go on your website and get that. And what is your website? I don't think we actually said that. Yeah. So it's rachelmain.com. And if you go under the resources tab, you'll see it's the first one. You can download it. You'll get instant access to it, but it'll also be sent to your email. So you'll always have it unless you ever delete that email. I have several other resources on there. My podcast is on there as well. So that is really the website. Everything lives there and pretty easy to find. Very nice. Well, I'll put all the links down in my podcast notes too, so people can easily access that and all your classes. I see you have a bunch of a master class, a couple of master classes, right? Several. Yeah, a couple of master classes on there, which are which are great, helping people work through the relationship regroup. I have a master class on that. I have one on how to create the sex life that you both crave, how to unlock your sexual confidence many on there. And my, my signature program is sexual confidence Academy, which is great for someone that is really wanting to just have a better understanding of their sexual health. So we cover topics like foreplay and self-pleasure and orgasm lubricants, many things that we've talked about on here, love languages, sexual communication, 
And so this is really for somebody that is just wanting to better, better understand who, who she is. It is primarily for women. So better understand who she is, where she came from. The sex timeline exercise that I mentioned is in there as well. And they have the option to add on Voxer mentorship with that as well for three weeks. So if they wanted more of better support through the self-paced program, that's an option for them as well. Very nice. That sounds really great for people who want to do things in that manner or, you know, just want to try something like that rather than just going straight to a sex coach session. I could see that there'd be benefits to doing either way, but that's a great option. All of those are great options. Thank you. (laughs) So I like to ask uh, sex therapists, sex coaches, sexologists this question, and I I find I get different answers, which is very interesting. Not, you know, and everybody's right, but Mm -hmm. how do you exactly, how do you define an orgasm? Mm, Oh my gosh. I thought you were going to say, how do you define sex? Cause that's usually my (laughs) go-to. Oh, sure. I bet. Yes. Oh my gosh. Orgasm. I know orgasm is so difficult because it's like for so many people, the goal is orgasm. And in Mm. my work, I really try to rewire people to think pleasure, just bringing more pleasure and intimacy into your life and taking the pressure of orgasm off is likely going to lead to more orgasms, right? <laughs> so, you know, for me, orgasm is, you know, if I think of the scientific scientific meaning behind it is it is that buildup. It is that, that pressure that, that is building up. Your, your palms are going to be sweating. Your breath is going to shorten. You're going to feel that intense pressure. And then immediately going, you know, in some, not immediately in some cases, then you feel that release. And I would say when you're feeling that buildup and then the release afterwards, that would be my, I guess, definition of an orgasm. <laughs> And I recently was talking with someone who's talked about how there are different types of orgasms and sometimes you're going to have vaginal contractions and other times you may not, but they are still all an orgasm that there's actually different ways or levels or ways your body reacts and and you lump them all under the umbrella of orgasm. Yeah, absolutely. And I like to look at it as different ways of triggering an orgasm because I used to say, you know, that's a clitoral orgasm, that's a vaginal orgasm, that's a G-spot orgasm, mm. but it's all an orgasm, right? Mm-hmm. It's just you're, you're triggering it from different areas of the body. And even with, you know, when you think of arousal there, that's where I really feel like the levels come in. Just the other day I was Googling, why is my face going numb during sex <laughs> oh. the last couple of times? And I'm like, I, I literally felt like my, I mean, my hands were like clawing up. I feel like I couldn't talk because my lips were so numb. And I mean, it was in the best way fucking possible, of course. But <laughs> here I, this was literally just two days ago. And here I am a sex coach Googling stuff like this. Like, like, <laughs> I thought I was having a stroke and right. turns out, you know, like that goes back to arousal. It goes to, there are different levels of intensity when it comes to orgasm. And some people would categorize that as an, as an energetic orgasm um, mm. or, you know, so Again, when I said at the end of that program that I did at U of M, there was so much more to learn. There, yeah. There's always more to learn. Always, always, always. So be, a, you know, stay a student in this, in this work. It's exciting as all hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm constantly fascinated. And I, I just, you know, I really started down this journey myself as being an erotica author. So, you know, this is just very interesting to me. And I, and, you know, doing the podcast, I'm just interviewing more and more people like you, people who are therapists and know a lot about sex. And it's just amazing to me how much more there is to learn. That is exciting. It's wonderful. And I love having this platform to be able to talk about it and present it to other people that, 
may never have had this ever in their life said, or just being exposed to it, the potential around, even around the world, because, you know, I have, I have listeners around the world every day. And so just that potential is just, it, it feels wonderful to be able to present that and make that opportunity available to people to learn more about this stuff that is not talked about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for also having this platform and hearing that you mostly were doing erotica that is so hard to find, I feel. And that is something that comes up often in the work that I do. You know, when you think back to when 50 Shades of Grey came out, that was mm-hmm. such a big buzz, but women learned so all over the world that reading erotica, right, was a turn on for them. And so listening yes. to erotica, this is something, you know, when I'm going through the, the central blueprint with people, I'm like, okay, what are the sounds that you like to hear? And they're yes. like, I don't know, music, right? I'm like, okay, but what about just having, listening to porn, maybe not watching porn, but having the audio of porn on the background or listening to an erotica podcast or story as you're, you know, driving home or as you're preparing your scene for self-pleasure or, you know, you and your partner listen it together on a date night. And what is that going to lead to afterwards? You know? So yeah, I love love erotica. Oh, absolutely. I feel all those things. And I think it's just, it's an amazing resource for people to use when they need, when they want, even, even for, like you said, if you want to set yourself up and get yourself in the mood, you know, many women, men too, I'm not going to discount that men don't like it, like to read erotica Mm -hmm. or listen to it, a story, uh, it yeah. is such a huge tool and a resource for people. And yet it's, it's sort of taboo in the world as well. You know, like for instance, I cannot, Amazon will publish all of my books, but I can't pay to advertise them, mm-hmm. even though they can do targeted ads to people, you know, they, they won't let you pay for it. They will not let you buy ads, but they will let you buy ads for books about serial killers and murderers, but not about the topic of sex. Isn't that crazy? so crazy. And then we wonder why the world is the way it is now. People just had more sex. They'd probably be less fucking mad at at everything. Totally. (laughs) I know it just drives me crazy. What drives me crazy is they let us publish it and they make money off of it, but yeah, we can't like advertise it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, that's just fucked up. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, maybe someday it will change. But the nice part is there are other, uh, other publishers out there too, that, you know, Amazon isn't, doesn't have the full, the full control of everything. There are others out there, but (laughs) it's one thing that drives me crazy that I cannot, I cannot advertise. Like I write under my real name too. And I am, yeah, I can totally buy ads under my real name for my other books, but no, if it talks about sex, not going to happen. Jeez. Oh, crazy. Yeah. And that's why we continue to do this work, right? We're trying to trying yes. to make the world a different place. Yes, exactly. And then hopefully we will. I hope that we do. So I would love, we were talking about talking about erotica and what a tool that is for foreplay. What else do you have to say about foreplay? Why is it important? How much time should people spend on it? Is it individual? Does it really make a difference? Anything and everything about foreplay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Foreplay is is so, so important. And it's funny because as I've even expanded my own definition of what sex is, sex can also be just foreplay, right? It doesn't have to be penetrative in order for it to be considered sex. So mm-hmm. why foreplay, if we're going back to desire and arousal, foreplay for a person that owns a vulva, so primarily women, it takes about 15 to 20 minutes of enjoyable foreplay for a woman to be ready for sex. When I say ready, that means in this process, 
her cervix is moving back. Her vaginal walls are expanding. Her body is starting to produce its own lubrication. Her clitoral hood is retracting to allow for stimulation to, to, to happen to, for that clitoris to become in its erect state. So all of these things are happening as foreplay is happening, right? This is why when we're trying to do quickies, or again, for people that aren't having orgasms during sex or sex is painful for them, even it, if you're getting together with your partner and it's boom, penis is going right in, right? Or more vibrator is going right in and you're feeling that pain, you're feeling uncomfortable. It's likely because your body hasn't had time to go through that process. So foreplay gets to be the fun. It gets to be the excitement. It gets to be the buildup, the anticipation, right? And so that is why for women specifically, foreplay is so fun, but then also for our partners on the other end, right? Like them, as we said, being able to give pleasure to a partner is also so arousing for so many people. So making that an enjoyable experience, experience together, talking through the things that it is that you enjoy with each other and being able to perform those things with one another. That's where that is again, why foreplay is, is key it is literally my favorite F word. It is, it is <laughs> good, successful sex. I believe. I like that. Your favorite F word. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Although I think fuck's a pretty good word too, but yeah. foreplay that is a pretty damn good F word. <laughs> yeah. I probably say fuck more frequently, but yeah, in my in my work, foreplay is yeah, foreplay is it. I love that. And you know, totally plays into that too, is that whole blueprint thing. Uh, you know, that's something people need to find out too in order to get their bodies ready and and not go straight to clit or straight to vagina or straight to penis and vagina. And it Although it makes me think though, the people who are the sexuals, and even if it is a woman that is a sexual in the blueprint, they might be more likely to be able to handle that type of, of, of a sexual encounter mm-hmm. because they are, you know, the wind blows one way up, oh, I'm ready. They're likely already turned on. Yeah, you're exactly right. And quickies is actually one of the things in a sexual blueprint. So they, they enjoy that. They, but on the flip side, again, it's hard for them to be in that slow down, more intentional space when it comes to sex. Yeah. And you know, quickies can be fun, but yeah, you're right. You don't really go through that whole process and you may not, the woman may not orgasm during the quickie. Not that it's not fun in a different way, but you may not reach that. And I think that's quite common. Yeah. Yeah. If you can, you know, Ian Kerner wrote a wonderful book called She Comes First. I would mm. recommend that for anybody out there that has a female partner <laughs> to read. <laughs> it is, it is so important. And, you know, for many people that I'm coaching with, I, recommend that the woman achieves an orgasm before penetration even occurs, because again, it's allowing our body to do all of those things that I mentioned and women have the ability to have multiple orgasms. So if you're having an orgasm before penetration occurs, then more, more power to you to be able to have that orgasm during penetrative sex as well. Well, exactly. And, and for me personally, I feel like, you know, once I've had that first one, the, the multiples come much quicker. So it's like, kind of like, you know, break in the seal kind of, you know, <laughs> then you may have a flurry of them. Uh, what do you, do you ever have incongruency in relationships where someone is say feeling kind of jealous that the female can have multiple orgasms? I mean, that's just a fact of life, but how does one wrap one's mind around that and, and deal with that? And it's an issue. Yeah. Interesting. I, I honestly haven't had that come up really ever. I don't think in, in my work, that's good. (laughs) And and I want to add too that men also have the ability to have multiple orgasms. It comes down to the refractory rate. And Mm -hmm. 
you really can train your body and rewire your body to, to be able to have multiple orgasms. It's going to take some practice. And, and on the other hand, you know, there, there are men out there that have a very short refractory period. They can orgasm, they can come in and then get hard, get an erection again, very quickly right after. So that's, yeah, that's not completely off the table. And same thing for women. Sometimes having multiple orgasms is difficult because the clitoris becomes very sensitive after that first orgasm. Right. She might need some time to, you know, this cool down phase, the refractory period, but then being able to come back to it and giving again, that pleasurable touch could lead to then two, three, 12 more orgasms. (laughs) Is there any evidence or research in what determines why that refractory period is so different amongst people? Mm. Ah, Not that I know of, honestly, that it's just everybody is different. And again, Mm -hmm. going back to our importance of self-pleasure, learning, learning for yourself, learning what your refractory period looks like and how to, you know, how to give touch or receive touch in different ways that allows you to have multiple orgasms. Maybe the first one is coming from clitoral stimulation and then you move to vaginal stimulation or G-spot stimulation, you know, kind of giving the clitoris a rest for a moment. So yeah, it's, it's all about, all about this exploration and figuring these things out. Right. I mean, the only inclination I've seen where this was kind of talked about a little bit is I interviewed a woman that wrote about your diet in relation to sex. And she was talking about how uh, your diet can impact that and also your just your actual health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Diet for great sex. Uh, Christine Delosier, I believe is who that yes, guest. Yes, that was her. Yes. <laughs> is great. So it really comes down to in that interview, you know, eating, eating the foods that one make you feel good. And two, she gave a a ton of recommendations food wise for, for foods that are one, either aphrodisiacs or two, help increase blood flow. Because when you're thinking through orgasm, really, that's what it is. It's that rush of blood flow coming through to, to be able to achieve that orgasm. So when you're, when you're eating foods that support that, then all the, you know, all the more better for you. Absolutely. And that's something that people can actually do on their day-to-day, you know, Mm -hmm. diet or Mm -hmm. eating plan, whatever they're going to eat. It's very interesting. (laughs) It's a great thing to try if nothing else, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about your podcast before we end here. I would love to know a little bit more about what you talk about and what type of guests you have and what people could expect. Oh gosh. Yeah. Thank you for asking. So my podcast started in January, 2020. It's called Owning Your Sexual Self. And it is a first off a great resource for people. So I have tons of episodes early on in the show about many things, foreplay, anal play, sexual communication, scheduling sex, erotic blueprints, right? Everything is on there. Well, not everything, because I'm still continuing to record, but <laughs> you're on there. I've had a lot of guest interviews. I've, you know, things that I don't consider myself an expert in. I've had people come on. So lots of gynecologists or healthcare professionals, pelvic floor, physical therapists, you know, many, many things again, as a resource for people. And I've also in the last year or so kind of made a curve into sharing more about my own personal sex life. So my husband and I have recorded together about our choice to be child-free. We've shared our vasectomy story and the struggles that we received and went through around that. I share a lot about our sexual experiences or, you know, going to erotic festivals together and things like that. So it is more so personal now, I would say in the last year, whereas in the beginning, I I intended for it to just be a resource. And then, you know, confidence builds people asking into questions. I get more comfortable on social media and public presentations and whatnot. And Mm -hmm. 
here, here we are still going. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And like you said, there's so much more to learn and so much more to explore. So, you know, you can keep going and going with more podcast episodes and mm-hmm. just to give you just like no end to it until, until one day you don't want to do it, but there's just so much out yeah. there. So many people to talk to so much content. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Are you enjoying podcasting? I really am. Yeah. It's going on. Well, yeah, no, two and two and a half years, uh, which is yeah, just wild. And, uh, I don't see myself stopping anytime soon. As I said, there's, there's so much to learn. And as I continue to evolve, I'm now going down this more like sacred sexuality route. So I'm learning more mm-hmm. about chakras and, and sexuality and sound healing and all of this and crystals. And so that's, you'll see that coming up in the, in the recent or future episodes of the podcast as is again, as I, as I grow, I share on the podcast to, to help others grow as well. I love that. Yeah. That whole chakras thing, I think is just kind of fascinating too. So yeah, that's, I'll be interested in learning more about that. I, what I've heard the little bit I have heard about it. It sounds very intriguing. Yes, definitely. Definitely a nice rabbit hole to go down to if anybody was interested and curious and learning more. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, before we end our amazing discussion and it has been amazing, I've really enjoyed it so much. You're super fun to talk to and informative. Is there anything else you want to talk about or advice you'd like to give or talk about any of your other things that, that we haven't mentioned yet? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you again so much for having me. This was, this was wonderful. And I just hope for anybody that's listening, you know, my biggest piece of advice would be to to stay curious, stay curious about the things in your life and specifically in your sex life. And if something is not working for you, if you're not completely happy with what your sex life is looking like right now, or on the flip side, your partner is, is voicing concerns that they're not fully happy. There are tons and tons and tons of resources out there and people out here that are available and wanting to help you through these things. So you don't have to go at it alone. If alone is the better road for you, we, you know, my program Sexual Comps Academy is a self-paced program, but if you want, again, that support and more of like a coaching one-on-one aspect to it, we have that available as well. So just, just ask for the help and be willing to accept the help. And when you are reaching out, making sure that it's to a point where you're, you're ready to do that work and you're ready to step up and own your sexuality. Absolutely. All wonderful options. And I love the the gradient of level of options that can fit people for what they need and want and what they feel will work for them. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you again so much for having me. This was a blast. It was. Thanks for coming on. You have a good day. Okay. You too. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast, and I want to thank Rachel Main for being my guest on this episode. Check out her podcast. Check out all she offers. Find her on Instagram. I'm going to put the link to her information down in the podcast notes so that you can access her stuff, her info, all the helpful stuff that she does to help you have better sex, better relationships. Oh, so much good juicy stuff. (laughs) I will also put my link down in the podcast notes so that you can find where I am all across the internet. My books are on Amazon, Kobo, Barnes & Noble, Apple, so many different places, Baker and Taylor, I think that's what they're called also. So anyway, I'll put the link down in the podcast notes so that you can find my books and I hope that you have learned something from this podcast episode, something that will help you have better sex and better relationships and better orgasms. Oh, 
fuck yeah. I hope you have an amazing day and I love you. Oh, fuck yeah. Bye-bye. Ready for some spring cleaning of your beard and groin hairs? Try out Manscaped products where you can get 20% off with my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to get 20% off and free shipping. In order to get the discount, use the promo code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to do that spring cleaning to get yourself ready for sexy times. Heat up your spring with a new shave, a new trim. Perhaps try going there. Get more skin smacks in the bedroom, if you know what I mean.